Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. And because there is so much to Audible.com that you may not even realize, in addition to all of the audiobooks, we are offering you a trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for that free trial, and explore. I think you will be amazed at what you find. Over the years, uh, this podcast has gained recognition as a great resource for uh, sales professionals, small business owners, business leaders of all kinds, uh, and that is really because of the guests. Uh, these are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. That way you can get information that you need, you can get connected to these folks, and you can implement strategies that help you in your business. Today is no exception. My guest today is Karen Jenkins. Karen is the president and CEO of KRJ Consulting, a full-service consulting firm providing companies and their employees with the skills and resources to become more committed to their performance, empowered to affect change, and be prepared for the journey ahead. With over 30 years of experience, Karen is a recognized speaker, author, and leadership consultant, equipping executives with the necessary tools to create results-driven organizational change. Thanks so much for joining me today, Karen. Uh, thank you for the invitation, Diane. Really happy to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. Uh, we are um, going to be spending time uh, really talking about um, being open to change and, and how, you know, we have to be able to uh, shift and change and, and whatnot in order to be successful. And um, I'm curious, you know, with everything we're going through and, and all of the upheaval and 
uh, crisis and, you know, you name it, that's been going on <laughs> over the past, I don't know, seven months. Yes. Um, uh, I, I would just, I love your insights on how businesses survive uh, the business cycle during a crisis like the one we're experiencing. So it's, it's, it's dependent upon the business. So the reality is you've had some businesses that have had minimal impact other than the having to transport or move from working in-house uh, in office to telework. You've had some that were on the other, and some that actually have flourished because they were a, a needed commodity or service. And then you have others that unfortunately have um, suffered significantly because of the crisis. So it really depends on the business. But in any case, your business has to be established and set on a foundation that is agile and flexible enough to be able to shift or pivot depending on what the market brings. So of course, we all know about the SWOT analysis. So strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And one of the threats that if you're really doing a true SWOT analysis um, is looking at potential external factors that could negatively impact your your company and you know a lot of them we don't think about right whoever <laughs> in a million years would have thought about covid coming in and then having the negative impact that has had and for the duration of, of right. that has had um you know yeah. one of the challenges that we're faced with is and, and and i can say this to your listeners this too shall pass the question is when um because we face so many other challenges but the difference is and this particular challenge is, you know, the other challenges we've had, you know, Lord forbid, 20, you know, 2000, and when we had the, the 9-11, uh, in 2000, yeah. we had the economic meltdown and crisis. The, the thing was, it happened, you know, we got through, we, we got, it stopped or it happened, and then we were able to work on rebuilding and coming up with a plan to, you know, get to the, you know, recovery. This challenge is, is that it's happened and here we are seven months later, it's still happening. So it'll, we'll get through it, it's just a matter of time. So what we have to do is we have to recognize that for every door and window that closes, there are 17 others that open, right? So the needs of our community, the needs of our clients may change based on what's happened. So in some instances, businesses that had a, low, a, a very uh, well thriving company where customers wanted X, um, after this, they may not need X, or maybe they don't need X right now because the COVID's still going on. But then you have to ask your question, well, what do they need? And if it's not my particular customers, maybe it's another set of customers that I never thought about. So what am I, I have to kind of scan the environment. I have to keep my eyes and ears open to the needs and then figure out from, from our company's perspective, what can we, what gap can we fill? What need can we fulfill that is out there now that may not have been out there before? I think that is such a huge point um, that I think really is important for business owners to spend time on because we get so um, tunnel vision mm -hmm. on this is what I do, this is what mm -hmm. I offer, this is who I offer it to, and then something like this happens and those are our choices, really, right? We can either right. look at it and explore, or we can go, well, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the challenge. So the other, the other thing, Diane, is, is the stress, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. We're in this thing and you have employees that you're responsible for, you have clients that you're responsible for, you have a bottom line that you're responsible for. And if all of that has stopped or been negatively impacted severely, then we, we sometimes tend to focus on that. We sometimes tend uh -huh. to focus on all the negativity, all of the, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And when we do that, we're missing the opportunity to look for and scan that environment that would allow us to potentially pivot. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from Aristotle, and it says that it's in our darkest times that we must focus on the light. So what are we doing right now? I call this the, the, the great pause, right? Um, <laughs> in the great pause, I've spoken to so many different uh, clients and, and colleagues and people that have really taken an opportunity to take this downtime, if that's what you're having, and really reassess the, the landscape. What am yeah. I doing? You know, let me project what, what might happen. You know, Michael Beckwith talks about playing fully or playing out fully without being tied to the outcome, right? So if I'm not tied to the outcome, if the outcome that I'm anticipating doesn't occur, that I'm not really, I won't say negatively impacted. My husband uh, has, you know, he's retired military and he loves to, you know, share with our, our, our kids. You know, you have to have plan A, B, and C, right? So if yeah. A doesn't work, then you go to plan B. If plan B doesn't work, you go to C. And guess what? If none of them work, you, you create a D. And that's yeah. where we're at right now because we don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. It, it's such a good point. It, it, it is... Um, incumbent upon us to seek the light right that that yes. I, so i my one of my teachers said what we focus on expands oh yes so if we focus on the positive we're going to get more of it if we focus exactly. on the negative we're going to get more of it right yes so, yes yeah yeah it, it's really really important so, so talk to me about how um leaders like, how can they leverage their energy and the energy of others in their business? Oh, you are so on my on on, on my wavelength, Diane. <laughs> so I I I believe in and I manage by energy. I have a program called Synergy Leadership, and it's around first of all being aware of your energy and the energy that you bring into the room. So I've, I have always said to my team and my family and anybody that I can talk to that, you know, sometimes people have scenarios happen in their lives and then they go and like, well, why did that happen to me? And, you know, you know, what caused that? And we're not actually aware of the energy that we're carrying. And a lot of times the reactions that we receive is as a direct result of the energy that we brought into the room. So first and foremost, we have to be aware. We have to be aware of our energy and what energy, especially if you're a leader, because energy is contagious. So if you come into the room with doubtful, negative, catabolic energy, you're going to spread that. But if you come into a room with positive anabolic energy, then you have more of an opportunity to, to ignite and, and galvanize your team. So first and foremost, it's about you being aware of what you're bringing in. The second thing is to help your team members be aware of the energy that they're bringing into the room. And then if we can effectively communicate, and especially at a time right now, this is not the time to go silent with your team. Uh, when we went, yeah. 
we were communicating, you know, all, all along, but when the uh, crisis occurred and we had to shut our office down in March, we went into major communication mode because people needed to hear from the leader. We may not know what's going to happen. We may not know how long it's going to take, but guess what? We're here. We're going to communicate with you. We're going to let you know what we know, you know, when we can. Um, and because of that, you take the angst off. You take a little bit of the the unknown because an idle mind and a, a mind that's in the dark can come up with all kind of crazy thought blocks. <laughs> and, and they're not the always they're good. always the bad ones. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, being that person that effectively communicates and ensuring that you are bringing that positive energy into the room and you can't always be positive all the time, but you can take the high side and you can see the best half instead of half empty. The reality for me is I have contracts coming and going and the ones that are here, we're so grateful for. And the ones that have left us, it's okay. They, they apparently, they were removed to give us an opportunity for something bigger and better. So you have to have that mindset of ensuring that you are, again, staying on the positive side of this and not getting drawn into what's happening outside. And, and I'm not saying not to get involved, but you know, Right now, Diane, this is unprecedented. We have yeah. a, a COVID crisis. We have a social justice crisis. We have a just crisis crisis, okay? All at the same time. And it's very easy to get drawn into the news and the talking heads and everything else. And if you do that, that is time that one is going to shift your energy in a negative way. But it's also going to take your eye off your ball. And what is your ball is running your business. I love the fact that you said Audible. I have, and I had to look when you were talking about your sponsor. I have 107 titles in my Audible account. Wow. An avid believer in learning and growing and being better. I think it was an article I read from Warren Buffett. It says one of his tips of being successful is to go to bed smarter than you than you did, you know, when you were up during the day. And how do you do that? By reading. And we don't always have time to read. You know, I, instead of listening to the radio in the car, I'm listening to my Audible account. When I go to the doctor and I'm sitting in the waiting room, I'm listening to my Audible account. Um, I have books too. So I have a whole plethora of books, but you know, that's for when I'm down and, you know, kind of, you know, sitting down relaxing <laughs> or, or whatever. But Audible has saved me in being able to pour into my mind, um, help me grow, um, help me understand things that I don't typically understand. And those are the positive things that I'm doing to, one, keep myself distracted from all the craziness that's going on in the world, but also to grow my business. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is really so valuable um, because that's a choice, right? And that seems to be like the theme that I'm picking up throughout this, that, that we have choices about how we approach. I think you said uh, people will get bogged down in why did this happen to me and that's mm -hmm. not the place to be, right? Because mm -hmm. stuff happens, that's mm -hmm. life. It's how you deal with it that really can, can be the change. Right. Um, huh. I have a prayer group and we meet every Monday night and, and our, our mantra over the last, say, 60 days has been protecting our heart. And uh, it's protecting your heart and protecting your mind because you have to be careful about what you allow to penetrate, what you allow to come inside. Yeah. Anything that we see and hear on the news, I'm sorry, it is catabolic, it is negative. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. And yep. if you 
I, I believe in being informed, but not being saturated. So being informed means that one day, one, one time out of the day, I will go maybe in the evening for about seven minutes to 10 minutes, go and find out what, is, what are the headlines? What, what is happening yeah. um, in my community as well as nationally that I need to know about? Um, and then I wanna know what the COVID numbers are, right? And outside of that, I don't, I don't need to sit and look at the news over and over again. I used to. I used to wake up in the morning to the news in the morning show. I used to listen to it on the way to, to work. I used to get to work and come home and listen to the five o'clock, the six o'clock, the 6.30 news, the seven o'clock, and then I had a break. <laughs> and that is too much. If I'm doing all of that and I'm worrying about what's happening externally, then who's running my business, right? Yeah, yeah. I choose to take those hours of time that I will honestly say I was wasting, and I choose to read, listen to Audible, work on something on my business. And that's how you grow your business. You have to stay in a positive way, tunnel vision, so that you're not distracted by the external factors that are just there, in my opinion, to be distractions. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I am totally with you on that one. Okay, so if someone is listening and saying, okay, I get it, I, I'm, I'm down for, you know, transforming my company, what would be the first step? I think you have to assess your company first. You, know, mm. you can't transform if you don't really know where you are right now. And where you are right now may be different from where you were six months ago. So I think the first step is assessing where you are and then comparing that to where you are within the scope of your um, community and or um, area of expertise. And then when you assess where you are, then you wanna assess, well, what do I do? What, what am I good at? And really making some hardcore decisions about, okay, is what I'm doing not being utilized right now because nobody can get to me? Or is it the platform has totally shifted and they may not even need it in, in the future? So I like to do this thing called pivot. Pivot in basketball is you're dribbling and you can go anywhere you want to as long as you're dribbling, as long as you don't pick up the ball. But once you pick that ball up, you can't, there's no more forward motion or backward motion, but you can pivot. So you can keep your leg planted. And that's where I just planted in our current environment, our current business, our current activity, what we're doing. We're going to stay planted. We're going to be grounded there. But I get to pivot right. I get to pivot left. I could even pivot a 360 to scour the environment to see where my opportunities are to pass the ball. And I can actually look at one and then come back and look at it again and look at another one. So that's where I'm doing my research. That's where I'm you know, maybe putting out surveys. That's where I'm talking to my current customers. That's where I'm, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what, what may be needed. Um, and if that's the case, I won't miss the opportunities that, that may be before me. One that some business owners, or what should I say, newer entrepreneurs might do, um, which may be a mistake. We get all happy and say, oh yeah, I have this gift and I'm gonna you know, open up a business and I put the business out there and then I put my little rafter out and say, okay, come buy my service. Kind of backwards. Why don't we go out and talk to the 
community, talk to the potential customers, ask them where are your pain points, what, what, what's not being met, where are you having challenges, and then if you get enough of those that are sharing a common challenge, right, or common need, you just created a base of clients. So now you go and create, and you can ask them, hey, if I were able to provide you with X, Y, and Z, you know, would you be willing to do business with me? Now you go and get the product and you come back, hey, remember when you said you would do this, you, you were looking for this? Hey, I have your solution. So now you have a captive audience that already has a need and you've created a product around that. So do that now. Yeah, that, that, that is awesome. That's great. I love that. I love that. I think, you know, what people do is they go, I have this great idea. I'm going to go launch it. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Without knowing whether it, it is saleable, you know, is it right. something that people are going to buy? Yeah. That's right. terrific. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, Karen, and then I want to continue the conversation. I'll be right here. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast uh, is thrilled to be sponsored by Audible.com because Audible.com is that place where you can get uh, audiobooks, uh, obviously. I think we all know that. They have thousands of titles, but they have so much other content. They have Audible originals, podcasts, guided meditations, and one of my favorite things about it is that I can get all of that different kind of content all in one place. So I don't have to go to Audible for an audiobook and then go someplace else for guided meditations. I can just go to one place and, and get it all there. Uh, so I, I think you, you would enjoy it as well. So we're offering a, a free trial so you can check it out. Just go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for that free trial and go exploring. Check out all the different kinds of content. Look at the, at the huge variety of, of audiobooks, uh, different genres. You know, Find what's of interest to you. And as Karen said, listen to audiobooks instead of listening to the news. I think you'll be a much happier person. Speaking of Karen, we are speaking with Karen Jenkins today about how critically important it is for business leaders to be open to change. Karen, would you share with the listeners what synergy leadership is, please, and how it can transform a company? Yes. So synergy leadership is the ability of a leader to bring together, to first be aware of, and bring together not only their energy, but the energy of their entire team to move the needle or to accomplish a common goal. A lot of times people come to work and that's all they do. Um, they come to work, you know, they're holding a spot. Then you have some that are just kind of there and they're comfortable and, you know, you know they're not really growing. Um, you have some that are maybe stressed out, and then you have those that are in the growth mode. So my, my, my mantra is, what if we could get all of our team members rowing in the same direction and all thinking growth? Growth as an in individual growth, growth as you know, improving my ability to perform my specific tasks, but also growth in, in growing the team. 
And a lot of that, we do it in, in, in three formats, um, my platform anyway, um, is the three E's, engage, enlighten, and empower to create synergy. And the engagement part is the, the, the employee needs to know, one, you have to get their attention. Because remember, we had some people that just show up. That you need their, yeah. get their attention, show them their why. What's in it for them? Why is it important for them to engage and, and know? Let them understand their role within your organization. You know, a lot of people come to work and they push a button, but they have no idea what happens after they push it. But mm -hmm. if you can explain to them and share with them where they fit into this chain, and you as a leader understand that your chain is only as strong as its weakest link, then you want to be in a position to grow and have, have, have your, your employees, your staff, your team engaged. Once you get their attention and you can engage them, then you want to enlighten them. And our role as, in, in, as part of our Synergy Leadership Platform is to really bring in that engagement and then to provide the enlightenment. Now, what is enlightenment? That is the skill set that's being enhanced. That's the education, that's the training, that's the leadership training, that's the skill set training, that's the whatever it is that they need to be able to create that growth. And then once you get them engaged, enlightened, guess what? They're now empowered. And an empowered employee is phenomenal. There are things that they will do and make happen that you never thought that they could and that they never thought that they could. So between the engagement, the enlightenment, and now we're, we're showing them how to be empowered to take action, that all together creates that synergy to create the results that the client is looking for. I get it. Okay. So, and, and did I, I, I want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly, that the way you get the employee's attention is by helping them understand their why, how they're connected to the outcome. Yes, that, that's one of the ways, yes. That's definitely okay. one, one of our main pillars of, of the engagement process. Because if you think about it, how many of your employees are coming to work every day, pushing a button, doing a process, yeah. have no clue what they're making? Yeah. Yeah, I think that happens more often than it should, for sure. Yeah, because because it's uh, it's so interesting to me. I think sometimes what leaders do is they say, "Well, I told them the mission. I, I told them yeah. what you know where we were going. Uh, they should know it." <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. But so let's talk about the leader themselves, though. You know how many okay. people do you know were in a single individual job or a function and was just home running it, right? Doing an excellent job, you know, coming to work on time, staying late, you know, meeting every deadline, being a team player, doing exactly what they need to do. And then they were awarded by a promotion into leadership, into supervisory skill or a supervisory role. And because they did an outstanding job in that individual role, we place them in this leadership or supervisory role and expect them to do the same level of performance without giving them the right skill set to do so. You know, yeah. people have never supervised people, managed people before. And if we're not giving them the right skill set to be able to effectively manage people, because there's a to this, the skill set that got you here, the skill set that that helped you get your promotion is not the skill set that you're going to leverage and use to manage people. 
So we teach or try to teach management that they need a professional development plan. And as part of that, every person that comes into a new role of leadership or management needs to go through our program because it's not fair. You know, they right. might, you know, one of the, I'm gonna call them <laughs> victims. They might've been one of the people that were, you know, they had to just, you know, bootstrap it and try to figure it out on their own. Um, I was one when I first went into supervisor management, but, but you know, thank goodness I had great people skills and, and, and learned and I was a, what I call a self learner. I wanted to go out and figure it out myself, right? So I took online, you know, my own classes to help yeah. figure out how to supervise and manage people. So even the leadership needs to understand their role in helping their leadership. Right, right. Yeah, that happens all too often. It's sort of just like setting people up for failure. It is, of, it really is. Yeah. yeah, it's really a shame. And then you wonder why you have challenges on the work force or yeah. you know people that say well I don't like my supervisor or you know I'm and, and sometimes it results in turnover a lot of times it results in turnover and turnover is very costly um it, yeah. it results in stress on the job it you know that negative energy that we talked about it, it results in that because you you've given someone a, a task and not armed them with the right tool set and skills that they need to be effective and being able to manage people yeah right okay so and and so and and speaking of skill sets so talk to me some about the skills and resources uh like for the people listening that can help them become really more focused on their performance you know more committed to it um so one of the things we do in our organization is and we just finished one last week was a strategic planning session. Hmm. In that strategic planning session, what I do with my team is we set, we have our core values and then we have our list of fundamentals um, and then we have our goals. So our core values are, you know, five core values that, that we, we live by on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it's who we are. It's, you know, people, service, excellence, integrity, and synergy. So I told you I love the word synergy, right? So it's actually one yeah. of the values. Um, and then we have 20 fundamentals that back that up on, you know, trying to maintain our culture. But one of the things that I'm, I do with my clients and I, and I do with my team is I want to know what your personal core values are. And maybe you don't share them with me, but at least you need to know what they are. There are scenarios where, you know, a person, and, and this is not a question, Diane, that people ask. It's not even something that people do on their own, but you, your core values are kind of your guiding light. It's your, it's your guiding light for your decisions. It's the guiding light for your actions. And you kind of do it subconsciously, but you don't really realize that's what's happening. But a lot of times people have core values and their core values don't align with the company that they're working with. And that's not a bad thing. You know, it could be something as simple as you have somebody that, you know, is in the Zen world and, and likes meditation and likes quiet and likes, you know, just kind of slow paced, you know, work stuff like that. But then I don't think they really do well, you know, work in the call center for, you know, a, <laughs> you know, a, a table company or a phone company, right? Yeah. yeah. Job. 
So the job that they applied for was that. And then, you, and then they go to work miserable every day and can't figure out why. It's because the core values and, and the things that that company does doesn't align with your core values. So first and foremost is individually, we have to figure out what are our top five. And then and it doesn't have to emulate, it doesn't have to mirror, it does not have to be the same as the company that you're working for, but they do need to align and, and complement, if that makes any sense. The sure. other yeah. with my team um, is I ask them what their particular goals are. I know everybody's not gonna stay with me forever. Um, and if, they, if that's not their plan, then I wanna be in a position to help them get whatever it is that they're trying to get. If they're coming to work every day and busting their, their selves to get what we need done and blah, you know, everything. And I wanna make sure that, I'm, that they're getting something out of it too outside of a paycheck. So when you start talking about figuring out who you are, your core values, then you can come up with what you wanna do, your goals. And then make sure that your goals kind of align back to the alignment with the company that you're working for. And professional development for me starts with me. Um, I want to work for a company when I was working for a company to, that believed in professional development, that believed in helping me grow that believed in me as a person, not just me as somebody, you know, taking a check and, 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 and hitting a button. So again, back to that alignment. Are you working for that organization that truly cares about you as an individual? Or are you working for somebody that's giving you a paycheck? And I'm not, and some people, that's what they want and it's okay. Um, but you have to decide what, what works for you. Self-development starts with you going on audible you know, picking a topic, an area in which you're not that great at and trying to figure out how do I sharpen that, that skill? You know, what is it that you want to improve on? And becoming that, I became successful, Diane, very early on. I was in my 20, early 20s, actually. Uh, my very first, I call real job. My, my first job was Wendy's. And I worked there for four years from like 11th, 12th grade to second year in college. And my, my first real job was at a part-time at a bank. They gave us goals and we, they sent us through training. They gave us goals. And I was that person that, okay, you gave me a goal and I, and I did it. Then I'm going to come back. I'm not even going to wait for you to come to me. Okay. I did that. Now what? And then they get, oh, okay, I did that. Now what? And, and because of that, and because of my uh, initiative taking, I had a little mini assistant supervisor job probably within seven, eight months of being there. And a position came open, um, right at 13 months of me being there. And I was applying, I told him I want to apply for the assistant supervisor position. And one of the supervisors said, well, Karen, why don't you apply for the supervisor position? And I said, well, no, you got four of the assistant supervisors here. They've been here longer than me. And, um, you know, I know, you know, they know a lot more than I do. So I'll just apply for this. She said, well, no, apply if nothing more for the experience of the interview. I said, well, you're right. I've only had one real. Hmm. I got the job. Wow. I got the job. So when you become that resident expert, when you become that go-to person, when you become that, that, that reliable resource, you become valuable. And in today's world, especially when you start talking about layoffs and everything else, I needed to ensure that I wasn't that person that if they had to make a choice, <laughs> my name wasn't coming up. Um, yeah. You know, in 2007 it did, but that was because my, my whole division went away. So I, and I did get laid off. I got laid off in 2007, but that's okay because 
here's the thing. When I got laid off, one of my close friends, I told her about it and she worked with me there and she started crying. I said, girl, no, please stop because it's not that serious. Because here's the thing. While I was there, I got my master's that the company paid for. While I was there, they sent me through um, mortgage banking school. So I became a certified mortgage banker. Um, while I was there, I got you know an additional 11 years of um, managerial experience and I was a vice president at the time. So all of those things, regardless of what happened with my job, were going with me. Yeah, such a good point. It's, it just, it goes back to, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It matters what you do with that. And what exactly. a great outlook. And yeah. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. So your education and experience is one of those things that regardless of what happens to you in life, nobody can take it away from you. And, and yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's, so years ago when I first got laid off and I, I actually opened up a mortgage company, I was working for, I was in banking and then mortgage banking, I got laid off, I opened up a mortgage company. And um, after the first year, of course, you know, 2008 came around, so that went to bump. But I, I started working with a nonprofit. They reached out to me to do foreclosure counseling for the state. Um, they wanted me and my credentials because I'm a certified mortgage banker, but they didn't want my mortgage company because mortgage companies were part of the problem. So believe it or not, I actually created KRJ Consulting to be a service provider for them. So that's how we started 12 years ago. Wow. And the sad part, Diane, was as I was working with these uh, homeowners, and we saved about 148 homes in about eight months from four, wow. you know, working out deals with the mortgage company. And to see the people on the other side of the table and the stress and everything that they were going through, at the time you would hear on the news that there were people that were in very high paying positions or major roles or other things, and they were committing suicide. Yeah. What? Why? And then it hit me that people have been tied, and, and, and it's still true today, but people tie their identity to what they do. Mm -hmm. And I want your viewers to understand that you are not what you do. You are not, I mean, you can call yourself, I'm a mom, right? But that's not, that's what, you know, I'm a mom, but that's not my identity. I had a job as a mortgage banker, and when I lost that job, I did not lose Karen and who I am. When I had to close my mortgage company, I did not lose you know, who I am. I was still me. I was not tied to a job, a house, a car, because all three of those can be replaced. I can get another job, which I did. And then I created my own. I can get another car. I can get another house. I can get so please, whatever you do, don't tie your level of importance or your your who you are um, to a thing because you're not that thing. And as I shared, because I knew who I was and stood grounded in that. I knew I was Karen, who had a master's degree, who had 23 years of experience in managerial, who had this, that, and uh, those were the experiences that I had, that I could go out and repeat, wash, rinse, and repeat. And I've done that a couple of times, you know, wash, rinse, and repeat. Yeah. I'm not going to throw it out in the bath water, babe, out in the bath water. And I want your viewers to listen. This is a crisis, and this too shall pass. And if your company survives, I, I pray that it will, all fine and good. But if it doesn't, you have, you were so resilient to even be brave enough to create that company. Guess what? 
You can do it again. You can do it again. I did it. You can do it again. Hear, hear. Uh, thank you for that. I, I think that is so important for people to hear, especially right now. Uh, and I think it bears uh, really paying attention to there have been crazy times before. Yes. And we have come out of them, mm-hmm. right? That, that yes. this, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I, this is why being able to pivot, and I got to tell you, I loved that analogy. That hit me, and I'm not even that well-versed on basketball, but, I, but when you were talking about it, I could see it in my head. That yeah. you know, staying grounded with one foot, but looking around yes. w- with everything else that you have. That is such a great visual on how we can be approaching any circumstance, any situation. That itself is really empowering. Yes, and and, and it's true. I, well, of course, I play basketball, so you know, I talk. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I definitely. Um, have that experience and 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 watching other people in business and you know for the books that I've read right and all the people that I've I've read I will be honest you know the majority of the people that you read about or see now that have been successful like really really successful all of them have opened up and closed three or four businesses yeah you know some of them didn't just close some of them had to do bankruptcy yeah so, if if other people go through that and then you know the first time they didn't work and the second time they didn't work and the third time guess what you can too right that's right it's not failure it's learning how something won't work so i don't like the word failure me um, either because it sounds so so failure isn't 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 permanent right yeah because Everybody that I that I just mentioned, they failed forward. Right. It's not that you failed, it's just that you didn't get the outcome that you were looking for. Exactly. So, you know, the guy that made the light bulb, the guy that made the plank, yeah. he didn't, you know, get it the first time out. It was yeah. repeated time and time again until I can make it work. So I don't look at it as failure. I look at it as, okay, I tried with this business and it didn't work. So now I can take those lessons learned from that one and apply it to this one. It's just exactly that I was looking for versus. Yep. 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 I'm totally with you on that. Totally with you. And Karen, this is really so valuable. I, I so appreciate you spending time with me and talking about this. Will you share with the listeners how they can find you and, and anything you've got going on that we should know about? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so our website is www.krjconsulting.com. That's krjconsulting.com. Our office number is 803-727-9036. Now, as part of the, our response to the crisis to confidence, uh, we launched a four-part series called um, Crisis to Confidence, Leading Through Uncertainty and Crisis. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can actually go to crisistoconfidence.com or go to our website and find some information there. But our goal is to help um, other small businesses um, really answer questions, get through. Um, one, of, one of my mentors calls it civil rent, where as a small business owner, you're taking up space, so you wanna give back. 
And when before my business started growing, I would do some training for like a local our, our Department of Transportation, City of Columbia, and it was always with small businesses. And they would say, oh, somebody would always come, oh, Karen, that was great, please, yeah, let's go to lunch. And it was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and I know what they were doing. They were, you know, when to sit down and pick my brain, which is what, <laughs> right? That's what I did when I first yeah. started. So in the beginning, I was able to do that. And as my company grew, I wasn't able to do it any longer. And I didn't want to say no. So two years ago, I created, at the time, what I called uh, Meet Me at Mio's, because Mio's is my favorite restaurant. And it's, it was my, my group mentoring, coaching, consulting um, outreach program, I guess is what you'd call it. And I would just meet with local small businesses for from 1130 to one, all they had to pay for was their lunch and their gratuity. And they could come and ask me anything. And the good news was they got to mentor, I mean, I'm sorry, meet other small businesses, network, possibly do business with other small mentors, uh, um, small businesses, and, and then get other perspectives, because, you know, maybe somebody had an answer that I didn't have or something that was different. And then we changed the name to Eat, Learn, Grow series. And then when COVID happened, we went virtual. So it is still no cost. Um, it is still my silver rent, it's still give back. So if anybody's interested in joining us, um, you can go out to Eventbrite and you probably would have to search South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, but it's uh, Eat, Learn, Grow series. Or you can just Google my name, Karen R. I mean, I'm not Google it. Um, event, write my name, Karen R. Jenkins. And, and feel free to join us. Um, our next event, I think is October the, um, 14th or 16th, whichever one is a Wednesday. And um, we'd love to have you guys come and join us. So that, again, just a way for us to give back to the small business community. That's wonderful. Thank you. And thanks for sharing that with the listeners. I'll make sure that gets in the show notes. Um, so, and thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate this conversation. And listeners, I appreciate you uh, as well as our sponsor, uh, head on over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for a free trial of audible.com, and explore, explore, explore. Get uh, the kind of information coming in that will lift you up and not uh, bring you down. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.